to the High Praises Church podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. Now here's lead pastor, Chris Starr. I want you to turn in your Bibles, please, to the book of Psalms, to the 92nd Psalm. Don't plan to preach long this morning, but I have a message that that I really feel like the Lord gave me to preach today on this first Sunday of this new year. So I'm very confident coming to this platform, coming to you in your homes or wherever you are right now listening to this. I feel very confident. I want to read Psalm 92, verse 10. It's a very, very short verse. Here's what it reads. But my horn you have exalted like a wild ox. I have been anointed with fresh oil. Notice that last line. I have been anointed with fresh oil. And so today I'm preaching a message I've entitled, A Fresh Move of God. So for the few of you in this sanctuary, you can be seated. The rest of you at home, you're probably already seated. So remain seated. Have you ever had a pack of crackers like these. These are uh, toasty peanut butter crackers. Sometimes they're, I think, called malt crackers, you know, peanut butter filled crackers. Have you ever reached for a pack of these? You know you've had them for a while, but you didn't pay attention to the expiration date, and you opened it up, and you grabbed one of these, and you stuck it in your mouth, and these are the kind, now you might be the kind of person that you you bite this in half. And every once in a while, I'll do that. But if I'm really hungry, well, y'all, I just shove that whole wafer right there in my mouth. You know, I just shove. And I've done that before. Have you ever done that? And as soon as you start chomping down and eating it, you get that sensation, that taste of staleness. That this thing is long expired, and then, and, and then you spit it out, And then if you ever notice that when you do that, you can't get that taste out of your mouth. I mean, it doesn't matter what you do. It takes everything in the world to get rid of it. It is a, nobody likes to eat stale stuff. Nobody likes to try to devour stale food. I think everyone appreciates tasting food that is fresh. And the reason I say that is because I'm convinced that what is true in the natural is also true in the spiritual. Are y'all still with me? That in other words, all of us would admit that we love it when God does something fresh in our lives. When God does something new in us. When God does something new for us. Now, we'll just be honest. We like that. In the text that I read, that one little verse, the psalmist said that he had been previously anointed with oil. Now, my understanding in the Old Testament is that prophets, priests, and kings were anointed with oil in order for them to embark upon their ministry. Obviously, I'm talking about the nation of Israel. And oil... Was a horn of oil was taken and 
you know, today we keep oil around here and we anoint people and usually we just dab it on our finger and we, we'll touch people right here and lay hands on them and pray for them like the book of James says to do. If someone's sick, the elders pray. But back then they would take the whole horn of oil and pour it over your head. That's called anointing. It's a, it's a heavy application of oil. So obviously this had happened to this psalmist. Now a lot of times the psalms have a little subtitle that tells us whether or not it is a psalm of David or Asaph or Moses, Moses or Solomon. Most of the psalms are David. This one doesn't say. So I think, even though it doesn't say, I think it's very possible this was David who wrote this psalm. Simply because he says, I had been anointed with oil. And we know from the Bible that David was anointed by the prophet Samuel to be the king of Israel. But here's what I want you to get with me. David realized at some point in his operation as king that he was in need of a fresh anointing. Now, the anointing meant that the Holy Spirit came on you. It wasn't just an act. The Holy Spirit would come on you and empower you. So when, when prophets were anointed, then the Spirit came on and they could speak prophetically. When the kings were anointed, then they could rule the nation of Israel under the power of God and, and rule them with goodness and righteousness. When, when the priests were anointed with oil, then the Spirit of God came on them so that they could offer the sacrifices and make intercession for Israel and teach the people the law of God effectively. Something happened in David at some point in his life where he said, I need another touch from God. I need, I need another dimension, of a refreshing of the Spirit of the Lord that came upon me. I need another anointing. And verse 10 says that God answered his prayer and gave David a fresh touch of the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to I submit three things to you, and I want to see if you agree with me, and I, I tend to think you will. Number one, I believe God does wonderful things for you and in you. Would you agree with that? Those of you at home, would you agree with that? God does wonderful things in you. God does wonderful things for you. And, I, and I'm not just talking about he gives you a job or you, 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 you find the right guy or girl, you marry somebody and you have kids. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about, and he does those things, but I'm talking about spiritual things. The Lord does these wonderful spiritual. How many of y'all glad that God does wonderful spiritual things in you? Wouldn't, it, wouldn't life be horrible if you get saved and you just never had spiritual activity, spiritual moments, experiences? I'm glad that I feel his presence. So that's the first thing. Second thing, I believe, is that you experience moments with the Lord that are vibrant and vital for your relationship with him. Those times when you feel the Lord, it could be like right now in church. It could be in your prayer closet. It could be when you're reading your Bible, when you're listening to some music with your ear pods, when you're, just, you're listening, that the Holy Ghost begins to work in you. And what he does in you and and how you feel and what and the and the real the real transformative effect that takes place is lasting. 
How many of y'all believe God does that? And it's vital. It's vital. You got to have it. You got to have it if you're going to serve the Lord. Here's the third thing I believe. I believe that there are times when God wants to do something new in your life. A fresh touch. Give you a fresh revelation. Put a fresh fire burning in your soul. A fresh wind blowing in your spirit. A fresh passion for God. A fresh desire to read the Bible and pray. A fresh calling to do some kind of ministry. I've been doing this a long time, y'all, and I'm telling you, I have seen God, He's done it in my life, give these fresh moments. Even, 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 I think Peter on the day of Pentecost, I think, I'm just pulling this from my memory, said that there are, listen to me now, there are times of refreshing that come from the Lord. Y'all know that's in the Bible. Times of refreshing. Refresh means there's something fresh again and again and again. I just think that's part of the nature of God. Now, I know that anything God gives you, anything God does for you is perfect. It's good. He never fails. So we can never fault God. The Bible says in James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift comes from the Father of lights in whom there's no variation or shadow of turning. So if we go through moments in our life, and you will, where things are getting a little stale spiritually, it's never God's fault. It's always our fault. So God, God will never fail us. God will never let us down. Let's just be real. Let's just be very real. There are times when you get lax. There are times when you get complacent. There, there are times in your spiritual efforts and disciplines, you're just not doing what you're supposed to do. There are times when you have dry seasons. Sometimes you get into a spiritual rut. I've done all of that. I've had dry seasons. I've come to church and y'all are worshiping the Lord and I'm, I'm sitting there feeling nothing. That is a horrible experience to be in a Pentecostal church with this kind of singing and the presence of God and I feel absolutely nothing. Okay? I've been there. I've had dry seasons. I've been in ruts. You get in a spiritual rut. And so when these times occur, you need a fresh move of God to pull you out of the lethargy and pull you out of the complacency, get you out of the dryness in the rut. And I believe God wants to do that in 2022. When I was thinking about this message so clearly, immediately the Lord laid in my spirit to bring this to you today. In the, in the temple in the Old Testament, there were many articles of furniture. But there was one particular article of furniture, which, which was called the table of showbread. And the table of showbread was in the holy place. There's a, there's a picture of it. And it was covered in gold. And on the table of showbread were cakes of bread. And on the Sabbath... They were, they were baked the, the day before, and then on the Sabbath, 12 loaves of bread, unleavened bread, were stacked on the table of showbread. Now, why? On the surface, they represented the 12 tribes of Israel. So when the priest went in there to minister in the holy place, and there's the, the, the candlelight and the, and the brazen altar, 
and he saw the table, when he saw the 12 loaves, it reminded him that he was God's representative to all of the people. So that's, that's, the, that's the first layer of the onion. But as you peel the layers of the onion and go deeper, then you find out that there's so much more to that. The bread on the table of showbread is symbolic of Jesus, who said, I am the bread of life. And I don't know if we do a good enough job of teaching this. But y'all, you have to feed on him if you want spiritual life. He said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part in me. And he wasn't talking about cannibalism. There is a spiritual vitality that comes from your interaction and connection with the Lord. You feed on him. I think that's why communion is so powerful. On the surface, communion is symbolic of the death of Jesus Christ. You do show forth the Lord's death until he comes. But there is a deeper meaning. Just as you, you, have, the, you, have, the, you have the wine, or we use grape juice, and, and, and the wafer, that, that's something to drink and something to eat. You take that and you take it in. You ingest it. You get it inside of you. And, and naturally, those kind of things give you life. I think Jesus is trying to say through the Lord's Supper that you need to feed on me. Get me inside of you. Do the things that, that will feed your spirit. And that will sustain your spiritual life. And so his presence, his word gives us Strength and spiritual life. And Leviticus chapter 25, verses 4 through 9, tell us that the bread was set out on the Sabbath. However, fresh bread replaced the old bread on the next Sabbath. So get this. You got 12. Can you all put that, that picture back up? Would you take, put that picture back up at the table show bread? Just, just leave it there for a minute. So you got those 12 cakes of bread. They've been sitting out for seven days, unleavened bread. It didn't have all these preservatives in it like your sunbeam loaf does. When I lived in Pennsylvania, they used to make homemade bread. Now, those, those Dutch people, they can bake some, be- you talk about good homemade bread, Big old giant loaves of homemade bread, and it came out of the oven. The best thing you do is slice it right then and slap some butter and jelly on it when it's hot and it melts. Oh, Lord, that has a college degree. But if you didn't, if you didn't eat that loaf of bread quick, it didn't take but a few days. You'd go get a piece, and it had some coloring on it, some green and blue where the, where the fungus had got among us. Penicillin was growing, and it turned into a lab experience, you, and, and you had to get rid of it. And so 12 days, I mean, seven days of it sitting, it was still good. It was still good. As a matter of fact, the priest took those loaves at the, at, at the end of the seven days, and they were required to eat that bread. It was still good, okay? But listen, God said, I want you to get rid of what has become a little stale and old and replace it with some fresh bread. Somebody somewhere out there is getting it. Here's the point is, 
when the staleness comes in, God's going to move in and say, it's time for something fresh in your life. I want to do something fresh in your life. So if you don't feed on Jesus, if you don't pray and spend time with him and read his word, listen to me now. Preacher will tell you, your spiritual life is going to grow weak. If you're not careful, it'll grow cold. And I'm going to go ahead and say it, spiritually it'll get stale. It's still good. Still good. But you need some fresh bread. You have to get in his presence and in his word to get some fresh bread. The Bible says, man does not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Did you hear what I said? Man does not live by bread. How does man live? Man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth. Word, Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. I just read the Bible to read it. You preachers are always telling us to read and pray. You want me to read my Bible? Yes. I want you to read your Bible, not because it's just something to do. Because there is spiritual life in his word. There's life in it. When you get in his, in his presence, there's fullness of joy. At his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. There is life when you get in his presence. That's why prayer is so important. You pray till you get, don't pray to get through, pray to pray through. To get into his presence. So when you have a loaf of stale bread in your pantry, what do you do? That's right, you throw it out. And you go buy a fresh loaf, don't you? Listen, I thank God for every blessing of the Lord. I thank God for how he blessed me yesterday, but that was yesterday's blessing. I I thank God for every work of God in my life in 2021, but that was last year's work. I want a today blessing. I want a move of God today. I want the presence and power of God in my life right now. I'm looking for a 2022 work of God where every day he is touching me and working on me and I feel his presence and I'm walking and living in the power of his spirit. So how do you, how do you, how do, you do that? Segway to my last point. Fasting is a way to counteract spiritual staleness. That's right. I want to show you a passage of Scripture on, on the screen, and I'm, this will be my last thing I'm going to preach, and I'll be, I'll be finished. Luke chapter 5, it's a little lengthy, verses 33 through 38, but those of you at home, just look at this. It should be on your screen. Then they said to Jesus, why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers? And likewise, the disciples of the Pharisees, but your disciples eat and drink. They don't fast. And he said to them, can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast While the bridegroom is with them, the answer is no, because they're about to have a wedding, and that's when you eat and feast. But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. How many of you know that's Jesus? And then they will fast in those days. In the days when Jesus is gone, that's when you fast. Now, he segues and transitions into just the weirdest thing, but they're connected. So watch this. Then he spoke a parable to them. No one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one. Otherwise, the new one makes a tear, and also the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. 
and no one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled and the wineskins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins and both are preserved. Now, I remember when I was a kid, I don't think we do this anymore, but when I was a kid, if you had jeans and you ripped a hole in your knees, your mama just ironed a patch on it. Any of y'all who are here remember those days? I don't think they do that anymore. If you rub a hole in it, you're in style. You can buy them with the holes already in them. Okay, so, but you put a patch on it. Now, in Jesus' day, if you had a hole in a garment, you sewed another piece of cloth to cover the hole. Here's the problem. When that got wet, whether outside or you washed it and then it dried, that fabric does what all fabric does, cotton fabric, it would shrink. And because you cut it for the size of the hole and then it shrinks, it would tear, the threads would tear and it would shrink and it would tear the cloth. So it would make the hole bigger rather than fill it. It would be more destructive than constructive. All right? And then if you, back then, you know, today they put wine in, in wine bottles. But back then they would take an animal skin, sew it together real tight, and, and create a wine skin. And you would put the grape juice in the wine skin and then cork it or seal it. And then the skin, the wine, would go through the fermentation process. And when wine ferments, it expands. So you would put it in a new wineskin because then as it expands, the, the fresh skin would expand and stretch with it. If you put it in an old wineskin, which at this stage had grown solid and brittle and hard, then when the wine would expand, instead of giving way with it, it would crack and break open and it would destroy that wineskin and you would lose all your wine. Now how do you tie that in with fasting? Jesus tells this parable with fasting. That's pretty extreme, isn't it? But here's what I think the Lord is showing us. I think Jesus is saying that there are some answers, some solutions, some breakthroughs, and some victories that you cannot get by ordinary means. The old way of doing things. That are a good way of doing things. Like praying, reading your Bible, coming to church, asking someone to agree with you in prayer about a certain matter, coming forward and not letting the pastor lay hands on you and pray over you. All those things are good. We need them. We're going we're gonna to do all of that. But there are some things you're going to find in your life, some situations, where it's going to take more. If you want God to give you a breakthrough, if you, wanna, if you want God to give you what you need, you've got to add fasting to the formula, if you will. I don't really like using that word because I don't believe in, you know, spiritual formulas. But it, to, to the equation, you've got to add fasting. I don't understand how fasting works. I've, I've done fasting my whole life as a discipline. Somebody trained me to do it, and I teach people now. I, I don't know that I can tell you how fasting works. I just know that it does. That when you give up meals and you seek the face of God, that it moves the heart of God and it disrupts Satan's kingdom, and it ushers in the presence and the power of God in ways that go beyond anything you can imagine, where what seems impossible becomes probable. What seems immovable is shaken loose and eliminated. 
So fasting is a way to experience a fresh move of God, something fresh from God. I think fasting prepares you. You say, well, Pastor, why are you talking about fasting? Well, you know, if you've been paying attention to us as we've been trying to get this out there, I'm leading this church in seven days of fasting beginning tomorrow, Monday through next Sunday. I'm asking you to join with me, the pastoral staff, our leadership, church leadership, to give up one meal, two meals, three meals if you want to. That's up to you. We'll never be legalistic about this. If you, if you have a day where you can't fast, don't worry about it. Go back to the next day and pick it up and start fasting again. There's, there's no right or wrong in this. It's just giving up meals and going after God. And that is a way to experience something fresh from God. And I think fasting prepares you. If you will allow me to say this, it makes you a new coat. Okay, you don't need a patch. It makes you a new coat. It makes you a new wineskin so that you can receive the new thing that God has for you so that through the denial of your flesh and the pursuit pursuit of the spiritual, your mind, your body, your soul, your spirit are refitted for spiritual activity at a greater level. I want to share this and I'm closing. I think it's important that Jesus told the Pharisees and, and the disciples of John, he's actually talking to scribes and Pharisees at that time, but you know, they you know, said, why, why, why aren't your disciples fasting? He said that they can't because I'm here. There's no reason to fast because I'm here. I'm, I'm taking care of everything. I'm doing all of these miracles and giving all the, but one of these days I'm leaving. And when I do, that's when you fast. And, and, and to me, there is a spiritual truth there that somebody needs right now. And, I, and it may be you're watching this, and, and, and I know this is not a high-powered message, and, and, and I, I'm, I'm just, I'm giving what God, look, I'm giving you what God told me to give you, and whether you're bored or not, that's between you and God, but I'm giving you what God gave me. I felt the Holy Ghost right there. But some of you, you don't feel Jesus anymore. You haven't felt the Holy Ghost touch your soul in so long. You've sat in this sanctuary and left and never felt one thing. You can't remember when you felt the tingle touch of the Holy Ghost where the hair stand up on the back of your neck and your arms feel like something's crawling on them because you feel the presence and power. You haven't felt that in a long time. You've lost his presence. You come to church, you try to read your Bible, you pray, you say, Pastor, I don't know what to do anymore. I do. Because this tells me, give up meals and start seeking his face. Tell God, I'm sick and tired of not feeling your presence. I can't go on like this anymore. I can't live like this anymore. And I am so serious about reconnecting with you, God, that I am giving up meals and denying my body food so that I can feed on you and feel your presence one more time. I feel the Holy Ghost. I guess it just depends on what do you want. What do you want? What fresh work do you need God to do in your life? What, what fresh work do you want God to do in your life? Are you tired? Have you reached that place that you're tired of stale spirituality where where 2021 you know just wasn't that great for you spiritually you got to carry that into 2022 
Or would you like to do something about it? Fast and pray and seek the face of God. Watch God give you unbelievable breakthrough. You, you, don't have, you have no idea, but God will move. And you'll get a fresh touch from God. He's ready. He's ready for it. You know, a year ago, October, I had gained way too much weight. I was overweight, and I was not happy with myself. And at the worst time of the year, the end of October going into Thanksgiving and Christmas, I went on a diet. How dumb is that? And while everybody else was picking out on macaroni and cheese, I was eating my turkey and green beans because that's all I could have. Turkey and green beans. No bread, no carbs. My body in keto but I lost 30 pounds by the 1st of January. I think I put three or four back on. I'm going to start again. Knock a few of those off, but I've kept that off for the most part. I had to reach a point. This is See, this is just natural, physical. I had to reach a point where I looked at pictures of myself and I said, I am not happy with what I look like. I'm not happy with my blood pressure. I'm not happy with my cholesterol. I'm not happy with where I am. I made a promise to myself when I was a young man, I wouldn't get a preacher's belly, and I went and got a preacher's belly. And I said, I'm getting rid of that thing. But I had to make up my mind. I had to discipline myself. I had to deny myself cornbread, sweet potato fries with sugar and honey, yellow cake with chocolate icing. I couldn't even eat fried okra. I couldn't have pinto beans, crowder peas, sweet peas, black-eyed peas. No peas. How, how can a man live, a southern man, with no peas? She was my coach. No, where's she at? She was my coach. Put the camera on Dawn. She rode me like a horse and made sure I didn't eat any peas. I had to still love her in the Lord. She was my coach, and she said, come on, Pastor, you can do it. She called me every day the first week. You all right? You can do this. Maybe some of you need a coach. Maybe maybe, maybe husbands, wives, you can coach each other this next week and say, come on, we're going to give up meals. We can do this. We can do, my God, I feel the Holy. For the sake of our marriage, honey, we need to do this. For the sake of our lost children, we need to do this. For the sake of our nation, we need to do this. We, we need to give up these meals. How bad do you want it? You just have to get to the point where you say, I'm willing to give up some things to get something that's better. Stand with me, those of you who are here. Those of you at home, bow your heads with me. Bow your heads right there at home. I want you to have a little talk with Jesus. And I want you to talk about this fasting thing and about your own spiritual life right now. I want you to start praying. Would you do it? I, I can't. I'm not in your living room. If I could, I'd come to your house right now. But this is, the, this is the best I can do. So right now, I'm in your house. I'm in your, wherever you are, I'm there. And I'm saying to you, would you bow your head and close your eyes and start talking to Jesus like you would in this church? Would you start praying and say, Lord, on this second day of 2022, God, you've used the pastor, you've used the man of God, the preacher, to get a hold of my spirit, God, help me. 
Help me to get hungry for you again. Help me, God, to fast this week and pray. Seek your face. And God, I need a fresh touch. I need a breakthrough. I need a fresh revelation, a fresh word. We need God to do something fresh in our marriage. We need God to do something fresh in our family. I want you to do something fresh in my ministry, God, in 2022. Come on, let's start praying. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for giving me this word. I feel confident in what I've preached today. And Lord, I just want you to take it and use it in all of us. Help us, God, starting tomorrow, that we'll give up meals and we'll seek your face with passion and fire and determination. And that, God, this week you'll work in us and we'll hear your voice. And, and God, you'll start drawing us closer to you. And as we read the Bible, you'll show us things. And as we pray, we'll feel your presence. And there'll be a closeness and a freshness and a reviving that takes place in our spirits this week so that by the time we get to next Sunday, God, there'll be something different about us, something different about our spiritual life, something different about our marriage, something different about our family, something different about this church. God, we're praying in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We're just going after you, God. We're just going after you. We're going to take the first week of the year and we're going to tithe it to you, God, and we're going after you. And Lord, people who never ask us out to eat are going to ask us out to eat this week. They're going to call us and say, let's go to lunch. It never happens and they're going to do it this week. Help us, God, to have that discipline to just kindly, without having to tell them, turn it down and stay committed to the process of seeking your face. The devil's going to try to distract us, but I pray you'll bind the devil and defeat him this week and touch our spirits God and do amazing things inside of us it will last the whole year long and it's in the name of Jesus we pray amen amen and I just want to say this maybe somebody's watching right now I don't know why you decided to watch this broadcast on YouTube or Facebook, maybe somebody shared it and you decided to watch it. Maybe right now you're a sinner. You don't know Jesus as a Savior. You, you don't live right. Okay, let's just call it what it is. Hey, we all, we all were there one time. You're just there now. But you're hearing this and you're feeling the presence of God. Listen, Jesus came to this earth. That's the Christmas story. We just had Christmas. He died on a cross and rose from the grave. That's the Easter story. Okay, and he did it for you. He did it to save you. Listen to me. Maybe you feel like I need a fresh start. I'm so bogged down in my sins, in the patterns of my sins, in the habits of my sins. I hang out with sinful people. I keep doing the same thing every weekend. I need to break out. I don't know how. You need a fresh start. Jesus died to give you a fresh start. In the church, we call it a new birth, regeneration. You're born again. He makes you a new person. It's a do-over. You're know, like in a video game when your character gets killed. It's not the end. You just hit a button and they bring it back to life so you can keep playing. What God does is spiritually, He gives you life. He gives you, you're already dead, but He gives you life. And He'll give you a fresh start to give you a fresh life and a fresh walk with Him. So, Father, right now, if somebody is in need of salvation, I pray right now they'll just simply bow their head and pray, Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. Please forgive me come into my heart. I believe Jesus died and rose again. He's the only one that can save me. I repent. I turn from my sins and I'm going to live for you and do what's right and serve you by the help of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Hallelujah. Well, come on. Can, at least those are the saints. Come on. Can we just give God praise this morning for a fresh work of God? Hallelujah. Praise God. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings. Our service times are 9 o'clock and 1045. For more information, please visit us at highpraises.org.